Hey, welcome to Anarchy to Diapers. Sorry I'm a little late. It's the new year, and I'm already falling behind. Today's episode is Chitter Chat and Music. I talk about family unity, unions. I give you some punk rock current events. How I'm going to change the world. My failures as a dad this month. Let's just jump right into a full track. The Refused. Anarchy to Diapers, bitches! How's it going, everyone? It's January. It's the new year. I hope you all had a good holiday. I hope you got your Christmas PJs. I did. We did the whole uh, family PJs. Yeah. 
sound awesome, right? I feel <laughs> I can't even take myself serious. So we got like you know the daddy deer, mommy deer, baby deer, Christmas PJs, and uh, in the past I've opted out of this. I think it's super corny. It's not my style, you know. But uh, this year, for my son's birthday, early December, he had a Nightmare Before Christmas themed party. He loves that. He's all about it. My wife asked me what size shirt I was, and I told her large, and I thought I was getting something for Christmas. But no, I ended up getting a Daddy of the Pumpkin King t-shirt. My wife had Mommy of the Pumpkin King t-shirt. And then my son had the Pumpkin King turns five. You know, so they're all like skeleton jack baseball tees. Which they were pretty cool, but the whole fact that they're like mommy and daddy is totally fucking cheesy to me. Hashtag dad stuff, you know. But, you know, my son, he was so excited. Oh, dad, we got all got the same shirts. This is awesome. That I had to jump in and I had to get involved, you know. Uh, I had no choice. So, uh, I don't know. I have like mixed feelings about that. I'm like, ah, am I teaching my son to be a conformist? Am I conforming to my family? Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard even come out of my own mouth. But it's still an idea that's being bounced around in my head, you know. Then, you know, I start thinking like, hey, uh, we're a team, right? This is our team, Team Bach, our family. Uh, I guess we all have to wear the same uniform at some point. So, after the birthday party, I did opt in this year for uh, the daddy PJs, along with the mommy and son. So, uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, I guess... In some aspect, we have to show some family unity, and this is one way to do it. Not the way that I would totally opt in to do, um, but you know what? It can't always be about how I feel. And if we do everything my way, oh, Jesus. My son will be like the anti-conformist to the point that like he won't feel comfortable anywhere, kind of like his dad. <laughs> so, did I sell out? Am I a cheesy dad? Am I dying? Is my youth dying because I wore daddy PJs? These are all things that worry me. I don't know, man. I feel like a part of me is dying. And yes, it is. Because I'm evolving. And I'm becoming a different person. You know, I'm a father. I'm a husband. But when I try and hold on to what I used to have, try and force my old life back into existence... And going to shows become more important. Or even the podcast becomes more important than, than doing things that will actually benefit my family. This is always a bad path for me to go down. It becomes destructive, not only to me, but to my family. I start to resent my family. And then I start to resent myself. And then I just, it becomes like a little cycle. And I start getting depressed. I start to hate myself. Why? The most important thing to me is now become like a burden to me and becomes like very self-destructive yet when i focus on what my family needs how can i be of service to my family i always end up finding time to go to shows i always end up finding time to record so i'm just trying not to force things and just let it happen let's just jump into a song My 
That's the cash registers. With my destructive personality. I forgot to tell you guys this. In November, I'm at the doctor's with my son. I left the lights on in my car. So, when I got out, the car was dead. And I was trying to get a jump. No one would give me. One guy was afraid his car was going to get broken from jumping. It, I was like, dude, it's two cables on a battery on my battery. Not a big deal. Oh, no, it might break my car. He ran away. I asked another lady. She straight out told me, I'm in a rush right now. And even if I wasn't in a rush, I probably wouldn't give you a jump anyway. I was like, damn, that's cold-blooded. But I respect that. But damn, (laughs) cold-blooded. So I ended up having to call my brother to come bail me out once again. When it comes to things like this, my brother's a superstar. So he drives over, 20 minutes to get where I am. Gets out a little jump pack, jumps me. Me and my son were able to make it home. You know, and my brother's like, yeah, you got to get one of these little jump packs, man. He's like, you know, this is the world we live in now. Nobody wants to help people. They're scared or whatever, you know. And the reason I bring this up is because a couple days ago, starting the new year, I wanted to visit my wife at her job, stop by her 15-minute break, you know, with some caramel macchiatos. You know, spend $10 that we don't have because uh, she's been a little down. And, you know, we did a lot of running around to get ready for Christmas and we didn't really spend some time together. So I wanted to surprise her, you know, superstar Dan. And uh, I step outside of Starbucks with my two caramel macchiatos and this guy approaches me who was out there earlier. And he said, hey, man, I need a jump. Do you think you could help me and my father out? I'm like, oh, look at this, the irony of this. I was stuck with my son, now this guy's stuck with his father, and they need a jump. I'm like, yo, I got you. So we tried to jump him, it won't happen, the battery's dead. So I used to live around this area, so I said to him, hey man, I'll take you up to the auto parts store, up the road. So I drive him up the road, and guess what? The auto parts store closed. So now, I'm like, fuck, I'll give these guys a ride home. I really didn't want him. One, I didn't want my caramel macchiatos to get cold. (laughs) What a douche thing, right? But I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll take you to your house. It was like a 20-minute ride. So I got to know Gabriel and his father, Manuel. And he was just saying like, hey, me and my dad have different approaches on life. We're out there for 45 minutes. 15 minutes into it, my dad just wanted to walk home. I told him, let's just see what happens. 45 minutes later, here you show up and you're giving us a ride home. He's like, so my father's always trying to make things happen. I just let life come to me. And I thought that was a very interesting approach to life. I'm like, hey, maybe I should take that more often, you know? Needless to say, I got them home. I made it back. And in case you were worried, my caramel macchiatos were at perfect drinking temperature once I met up with my wife. But the point of this is that I have to live life the way I want the world to be. So, you know, I didn't want to drive them all the way home. Of course not. But, you know, they needed help. What am I not going to help them? Make them walk? Come on, man. That's not the world I want to live in. Changing the world is living life the way you want the world to be. So let's be the change. (laughs) 
Flames, Land of Confusion. Do I even need to say that that's a cover? Well, being that I'm a union guy, I think it's important that my son learns about unions. The first tool I used was the book Click Clack Moo. It's about a bunch of cows who find a typewriter and they start writing letters to the farmer like, Yo man, it's cold out here. We ain't making milk until you get us some blankets. And then eventually a duck has to come in as a mediator and work out a deal with everyone. And then from there I started telling my son how, you know, the union is a team of the workers and we get to work out a deal 
for how we want to work and what conditions and how much we want to get paid. We can do that with the boss as long as we all stick together. So I think unity is important. I think it's important for my son to learn about unions. So I've taken him to meetings with me. He's seen me do public speaking at the union meetings. Which I think is like important life skills. My son seeing me speak publicly. My son seeing me being involved in the union. I think unity is important. Maybe sometimes you have to show that unity by wearing some PJs. So on one hand, I'm teaching my son about unity. And then on the other hand, I'm drawing strength from my son. I'm able to deliver my message clear and well thought out when I address my fellow members. But then again, I could just be full of baloney, and I could have made all this up because I like the next song. If the kids are united.
Shame 69. I'm going to take a little gamble with this. New York has a bail reform. A little local news for you. So now they're letting all these guys out that probably should be in jail. One guy was caught on video in the lobby in a lobby choking his girlfriend. And everyone keeps posting up on social media. One bad dude after the next bad dude. And the reason they're letting these guys out is because of a bail reform. Because the idea is people with money can get out while they wait their trial. And poor people can't. But what this says to me is that it's easier just to let everybody out than it is to keep somebody with money behind bars. That's just crazy to me. American justice. So, Martin Luther King Day. The day of peace. The man who tried to bring peace to the world. My wife makes a nice breakfast. Scrambled eggs with cheese melted in it. Buttermilk biscuits with cheese melted on top. Some hash browns. Nothing healthy, but totally delicious. And my son... Refused to eat the eggs. Because he only eats scrambled eggs on deli sandwiches. Yeah. A bacon, egg, and cheese from the deli. The only reason I think he does it is because he thinks that's the only way he, you can get a sandwich from the deli. Even when I make them at home, I have to do an egg sandwich with over easy for him. So, I don't know. Me and my wife were like, come on, enough is enough. You eat eggs all the time. Because, you know, he put a spoonful in his mouth and be like, Ugh! Like he's dying And it's like Dude you eat the scrambled eggs From the deli sandwich Like It's the same shit dude You know So I get this like Crazy thought Stuck in my head Like You know If someone cooks you A nice meal You should just shut up And eat it That's the right thing to do You know So now The battle of the wills starts You know He refuses to eat I send him up in his room I tell him he has a chance To come down if he eats He puts another spoonful In his mouth And then I tell him to go upstairs You know and normally, I just cook him an over-easy egg because I know that that's what he likes. And now thinking back on it, 
It's so fucking stupid. It's like having a barbecue and your friend's like, yo, can I have a medium burger? Like, nope, we only do well. Nope, not doing it. Only do well. Can't have that. Would you think everyone's supposed to just bend over backwards for you? It's so stupid. So stupid, the thinking behind it. Um, And the thing is, it's like normally I don't force anything on my son. And my son is really good. And I thought about this after, and then I felt really bad about myself. At Grandpa's birthday party. He didn't like the pasta. But I pulled him to the side. I said, hey, Dill, this is Grandpa's birthday. Let's not have a fight today. Let's make him happy. Just eat the pasta. The faster you eat the pasta, the faster you get a piece of cake. All right, so can you just eat the pasta real quick so you can get the cake? And Pop Pop will stay happy the whole thing. We don't want to upset him on his birthday, you know? And he went in, ate the pasta. We had cake. It was a great day. So my son steps up when he needs to. And whatever I've been doing, I've been doing right. And then all of a sudden, I can revert it back to like like this primitive ideas of, uh, you know, control and teaching kids lessons that like my parents used to use with me. And like, I'm not going to get another meal until uh, I eat my first meal, you know? Thank God, eventually, I just came to my senses and just ended the war. We all apologized to each other. And then, of course, my son wants something to eat, so I let him eat fruit. You can have fruit until dinner, you know, or lunch or whatever it was. Um, my house, I wouldn't be able to have a meal, you know, until I ate some, ate that meal, you know. Which never did me any good. I just starved. And then, like, you're irritable. You don't do good in school because you're not eating and you're just tired and run down. So I don't. it never made any sense to me, you know, especially now looking back as an adult. Uh, you know, you're trying to force me to do something when I was a kid. Like, I once sat in front of a pee for over 12 hours. I didn't fucking care. I wasn't eating the pee. They're disgusting, you know. So I don't know why I thought that... Um, I was teaching him some kind of lesson or I was doing some kind of good parenting. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the way I was brought up. But uh, instead of embracing his good qualities, I just started pulling out the worst qualities of him. His stubbornness like me. His thick-headedness. And uh, I feel like it was an epic failure. So uh, I guess I'll just try not to go down that route anymore and just try and continue doing what I've been doing because obviously I'm doing a good job I'm not
And that's Gorilla Biscuits. First failure. So, I don't have much for listener mail, once again. But, Mark from the cash registers hit me up, sent me a link to his music on Bandcamp, which will be in the notes at the end, and check that out. I'm playing his music today on the show. So if you want to send me some links to your band, I'll be happy to check him out. So I'm going to end this podcast with uh, Kennedy's Speech for Peace, mixed in with a little Moon Jam Troopers. It's a little project I did. Um, Most of my family was in Vietnam, and I know the effects it had on my family. So uh, I have family members that abandoned their family, family members that found religion, family members that were just very angry too much later in their life, and I thought this was a cool little project to do. Who better to speak on the war machine and peace and propaganda than Kennedy? First, examine our attitude towards peace itself. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed. World peace, like community peace, does not require that each man love his neighbor. It requires only that they live together in mutual tolerance, submitting their disputes to a just and peaceful settlement. And history teaches us that enmities between nations, as between individuals, do not last forever. It is discouraging to think that their leaders may actually believe what their propagandists write. But it is also a warning, a warning to the American people not to fall into the same trap as the Soviets, not to see only a distorted and desperate view of the other side, not to see conflict as inevitable, accommodation as impossible, and communication as nothing more than an exchange of threats. For we are both devoting massive sums of money to weapons that could be better devoted to combat ignorance, poverty, and disease. We are both caught up in a vicious and dangerous cycle with suspicion on one side breeding suspicion on the other and new weapons getting counter-weapons, and above all, while defending our own vital interests, nuclear powers must avert those confrontations which bring an adversary to a choice of either a humiliating retreat or a nuclear war. We must therefore persevere in the search for peace Finally, my fellow Americans, let us examine our attitude towards peace and freedom here at home. Live up to the age-old faith that peace and freedom walk together. In too many of our cities today, the peace is not secure because freedom is incomplete. And it is the responsibility of all citizens 
in all sections of this country to respect the rights of others. This generation of Americans has already had enough, more than enough, of war and hate and oppression. The United States, as the world knows, will never start a war. We do not want a war. We shall be prepared if others wish it. But we shall also do our part to build a world of peace where the weak are safe and the strong are just. We must labor on, not towards a strategy of annihilation, but towards a strategy of peace. Yeah.